Lindsay Vanderhoek is in the studio. Lindsay has been on the show numerous times before, meaning twice. Three times? I don't know why you have me back. I don't know either. Is this thing on? Yeah. Is it on? Hello? Hello? Is it on? <laughs> Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? smacks it. <laughs> <laughs> Smacking the mic. Welcome back. Discoveryouryoga.com is a website that will take you to discover your yoga. When I th- thought about having you on the show uh, a couple of days ago, I was thinking uh, that you would come in and impart your great wisdom and knowledge and help our listeners chillax during Hanukkah's which is Hanukkah, Christmas, and we Kwanzaa. Got it. Okay. We got it, yeah. She's pretty smart. Um, but then as I got thinking about it, I thought, why am I asking someone who's such a stress head to come in and do this? That's what I was thinking. But he, this is, you know when um, uh, people who are counselors and therapists are like some of the most screwed up people in the world, and that's why they're counselors and therapists? I think this is why you're such a killer yoga instructor is because you got to practice this stuff. You have to practice this stuff. It's not just, oh, I want to be a yoga instructor. No, you you have to do this. Otherwise, you will explode. True story? True story. True story. I feel like I'm exploding right now, actually. Um, the bathroom is just down the hall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know why I come on to the show. <laughs> I want to know... Uh, what you've heard as far as feedback from your yoga students, right? Someone comes to your class, and you've heard feedback. People have said to you, oh, thank you, Lindsay. You're so awesome. You're, you're amazing. Your class is really, I don't know, however they say it to you. But what are you, what's the consistent thing that you're hearing back from people about how this practice of yoga, how this practice that you're teaching people, Kripalu or otherwise, is helping them process the crap in their life? Well, you're a student of mine. You were in class last night. I knew you were going to yeah. do this. Yeah. So, do what you wear is yoga pants, Drew? Okay, oh. that's enough. Oh, listen to the social media interns <laughs> giggling in the corner. Mm. I knew you were going to do this. Lululemon. This is a, just no. You're not getting out of it by making me answer the question. No, I'm going to ask you the question. You get to ask all the questions all the time. So now I'm going to ask you. So, what is the feedback that you would <laughs> give me? Like, you come to my classes and you come back. Well, that's feedback. Because of the chicks. No? Okay. That just yeah. sounded creepy and wrong. Um, <laughs> okay. Doing physical stuff and sweating and then relaxing after it, I think, helps to bring you in a state into a state of receptiveness. Right. So I think that's a key part. Right. You could do that but in I the gym, do that too. In... Stop, Stop saying what I'm going to say. <laughs> Loser. Wow. <laughs> You could do, okay. <laughs> but you could do that at the gym. So what's missing? What's missing is that when you are that open to uh, to taking in stuff that your soul needs because your body is whooped, there's nothing at the gym for that. And and so when you come out and say the kind of stuff that you say and, and quote who you quote and read what you read and walk people through self-exploration with this uh, this ability to be able to be to be self-aware, but the big catchphrase is compassionate, non-judgmental self-awareness. That's gold. See, well, it was truth because my voice went really high. It's gold. <laughs> you sound like that character from Austin Powers. <laughs> it's gold. <laughs> so why, what, why is your finger up well, in the air? Uh, I just use that one instead of the one I usually use. Um, I do yoga 
And one of the things that I've noticed with it, like I've done the exercise, I've done the jogging, I've done the weightlifting. But uh, one of my teachers, online teachers, she says, uh, work out and work in. That's one of the unique things about yoga is you're working out, but you're also working in. And I think that's a neat way to sort of sum this up is that, I don't know, there's something about being stuck in a position and having to maintain it and think about it rather than just, oh, you can lift and wait, you know, jog, and you have to actually pay attention. Mm. That, to me, has made a big difference. That has made me realize that it's a different process than just exercising, as we've just said. I think that how you show up on your yoga mat in a posture that is challenging, like you're holding a plank pose and you're shaking and it's like, you know, it feels like you can't hold that. But sometimes life feels like a plank pose. Sometimes you feel like you're you're holding that and how you show up and how you breathe on your yoga mat in a posture really prepares you for, you know, for living the practice off the mat. Okay. What about you? Take the word or the phrase plank pose take the shaking that goes with holding this stupid pose which by the way you sometimes stay you make us stay too long in i just want to complain about that right now i invite you to stay in it long whatever make you (laughs) whatever (laughs) (laughs) you can drop your knees but your ego doesn't let you no my ego does not let me you're totally right okay don't twist my words all the time um no please do so okay you're shaking you're in the plank pose you're like oh i gotta and then there, there's some at some point there is release in all of this so let's now parallel that with your life okay i know stuff about what you've been going through lately you've been shaking big time you've been vomiting that's how stressed you are how stressed out you are thanks for sharing that just Drew. thought i'd throw you under the bus right there <laughs> So life has felt like a plank pose for the last like year and a half. And um, um, I think that what's on the other side of a posture, it's like there's, you know, if you can find comfort being in the discomfort, there's so much sweetness on the other side. See, this is what I'm saying. She drops this kind of stuff on me all the time. Did you girls hear that? You millennials over there? They're, they're typing. They're, they're oh, yeah. quoting her. They're on her. Facebook. They're like Instagramming or no, something. No, no. They're yeah. for the show. They're, oh, for the they're show. They're quoting okay. you. <laughs> you guys are talking about Yeah. Write that one down. Write, Write that, that down. down. <laughs> okay. So how – do you ever catch yourself not practicing what you teach? <laughs> yes, all the time. All the time. It's like this constant um, awareness I have of like I'm, I'm teaching something and I'm, I'm sort of like preaching something, but I'm always kind of checking myself like where am I out of integrity? Where am I not actually walking the talk? Hmm. You know, and it's almost everywhere. Um, so just lately, more recently, I've been struggling with um, like identity stuff and um, I think a huge part of my identity for so many years has been like this identity of yoga teacher or studio owner or, you know, like the... By the way, there are two different egos in those those two different identities. Yoga teacher can be heard in some crowds as flighty and, I don't know... Oh, hippie, no, but hippie. I'm a studio owner. But you're a studio <laughs> owner, right? So you have, there's more ego attached with that. Yeah, And yeah. it's such a three. Now, let, hold on. Let's just jump to that just for a second. Did I just step on where, where you were going to go? Can we... Ch- no, I didn't know where I was going. Okay. Um, so, but it, the Enneagram 3 stuff is so good. Like, I know that you've had Enneagram stuff on your, on yeah. your show before. And I recently discovered that I'm a three, and I've been doing a lot of research and reading the Enneagram books and listening to the podcasts. And it's like for the first time in my life, I feel like somebody gets me. Like I feel like somebody else is experiencing life the way that I'm experiencing it. And um, 
And it's like so clear that I'm a three. Like I am, I did the little test thing yesterday. Like I am like as three as three can be. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Help our listeners understand what a three is. Okay, so an Enneagram three is, um, is like they get validation of their like um, their worth through achievements and what they do. So they're referred to as being the performers or the achievers. And um, so they have this idea that like what I do is who I am. Mm. Like what I accomplish is, is who I am. Okay. As in contrast to what I am, and Tim is as well, a four, which is known as the individualist, you are uh, say what you said again about your identity. It's it's what you do is who you are. Yeah, like what I do is, is who, who I am. Okay, how I feel is who I am. And I don't even know four. what you're talking. I don't even know what feelings are. Like I don't even get those because I'm so no goal oriented and so task oriented that when it comes to feelings, for me, when feelings are coming up, like everybody has them, but um, rather than acknowledging them or identifying them, like I feel like they slow me down. So I take those feelings, I put them in a box. So I can get on with achieving. With achieving, yeah. Yeah. And so what happens like when I do that is is I get really disconnected from from who I am and I get sort of lost and wrapped up in this this doing. So rather than like a human being, I am a human doing all the time. So, I don't but stop. But you preach that in the yoga class. This you is why you... I preach it though. Oh, this okay. is like this is where I'm sort of calling BS on myself because I'm just at this point now in my life and my career where I'm really diving into this level of self-awareness that I haven't before. And I'm questioning what is um, who I really am versus who I've been, been being, right, right. you know, in order to, I guess, like in a sense, like survive in the world. Right. It's like I, I have so much of my identity attached to um like success and achievement and, and things that I do that that I get, I almost feel really lost of who I actually am. So you know my situation right now. Like I'm in the situation where I've owned a yoga studio for, um, I, I own a beautiful, beautiful yoga studio and it's like everything that I thought was my dream and my lease isn't being renewed and that's sort of all kind of coming to an end right now. And there's this expect, I, I believe that other people have this expectation of me to just find another place and do this all again. Um, yeah, because you're a yoga studio owner. You're Lindsay. You can yeah. do this again. Well, just move it. Just go and, and yeah, do rent it. Rent another place down the road and turn yeah. the key and away you go. Yeah. And then I started, I've been doing a lot of reflecting. Like, this is where my stress has come from for the last little while. It's like, it's not just the stress about my business, but it's also the stress about really finally getting quiet and diving in and being like, what is it that I really want? Like, who am I really? Because I felt like, when I started thinking about looking at other places to open the studio or move the studio to, I would get this knot in my stomach. It, like, it just didn't – it wasn't like a – can I say hell? Sure. It wasn't like a hell yeah. And I was like, why is it not a hell yeah? This is what I dreamed of. This is what I thought I was going to be doing. Can I say hell? Can I say <laughs> We're on like a, a can Jesus I say? station. I don't know. If anybody believes in hell, it's the Jesus people. Okay. So, yeah. Well, it was like not a hell yeah. So I started like reflecting, like especially with this Enneagram work and like the landmark work that I've been doing is um, is reflecting on like what is it that I that I really what, – what feels really right for me? What feels like um, – Peaceful? Well, just – or what true? feels like a hell yeah for okay. me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there we yeah. go. Okay. So, but hold on. I want to give people the context just so I want to back things up just a little bit. <clears throat> what you okay. don't understand is that Lindsay um, is a teacher and she left the teaching profession in order to open up her own yoga studio. She did that and then um, moved in with her parents. 
uh, in as someone in her 30s. Hold on. The three in me wants to make sure everyone knows I moved in with my parents because I was opening a business. <laughs> See? This is... It's all about how she looks. I, I did it too, so I went to teacher's college. Right, I right. get you, girl. So, but you, this is what I'm saying. You left the safety of a profession you trained for in order to follow your dream. And in order to follow your dream, you swallowed your pride and moved back in with mom and dad. Um, and you put everything, everything you have into this studio. Yeah. And you're not, a, you're not, a, like, you didn't go to business school. You're not, you know, Miss Business Brain or whatever, although you are now. And the learning curve has been massive and you've had to eat it. Like, I mean, you have not really taken home much cash yourself. And you just got, you got instructors you got to pay for. You got all the heat and hydro and a ridiculous thousands of dollars for a lease. And, uh, and finally it's going. And it's doing well. And you're finally over that curve. And you're like seeing, uh, you're, you're, you're breathing again. You can see light at the end of the tunnel, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and then your landlord says, um, yeah, actually, yeah, we're not going to renew your lease. Yeah. Holy jumping. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a, so talk about dream killer. Talk about passion killer. So as a, three, on the radio? as a three, this has got to, it, this makes you look bad. You know what, I... And by the way, just for context, Enneagram 3, we're talking about a personality typing system, which we evolve. I just used horrible words to describe it, but all of us in this room, Tim, uh, Lindsay, and I have gone through it and seen a lot of great value uh, out of this uh, this uh, personality typing uh, that has revealed so much to us. So as an Enneagram 3, as a performer, as an achiever, as a doer, you look really crap right now. You know what? I'm actually like like a couple months ago. If you said that to me, I'd have been like, I know, <laughs> but I I don't I don't feel that way anymore. You know, I've been doing a lot of work on this and processing this. I'm actually in a really good place. I actually believe that um, I'm seeing this whole experience of holding plank pose for so long, right, and and sort of getting my butt kicked in in a <laughs> really hard yoga class off the mat. Um, I'm. I think just getting to this point where I'm recognizing that this is just one big lesson and opportunity for growth and maturity and and really discovering you know who I am and what I'm capable of. And I think that the small self, like my small self for so long has been running my show and I've got, you know, um, my small self has all kinds of like, you know, thoughts and ideas about what happened, you know, it puts me in this role of victim and I can't believe this happened. I can't believe that they did that. And like, I'm you sorry, know, the role, I worked the role so of hard. what? What? The role of vic- victim? Is that what you said? Oh, you I'm, know I'm, that, Drew. I'm not familiar Enneagram with- four. You know exactly. <laughs> Do we say that on the radio? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, it's like I've been feeling, you know, um, victim. I've been feeling uh, very powerless, like things are happening to me. And... Um, and that's just not a good place to live from. That's a stressful place to live from, especially for a three Enneagram, because I'm trying so hard to, I guess, like, look like I have it all together. And the energy I'm spending on, like, masking and hiding the fact that I don't have it all together, that I don't know what's going on, and that I am scared and that this does suck, um, the energy of, of presenting myself to other people like that's not the case um, is really exhausting and really draining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, it helps. For, it helps you to look good. I mean, even uh, let's say, let's say there's a nemesis in this situation. Let's say there's somebody that is I don't know some like evil um, <laughs> <laughs> villain. Let's say, <laughs> let's say there's a villain in this story. Um, to let them know 
that you have been up in the middle of the night vomiting because of how this is impacting you. How does that feel? They know you're doing that. Maybe they're going to hear this interview and they're going to hear you saying, yeah, this has stressed me out so much that I've been, I've been losing sleep, I've been losing weight, and I've been vomiting in the middle of the night, and I don't know what to do, and my dreams have crashed in front of me. I don't like the way you're making me sound right now. <laughs> I just want to mention that like, I think um, like stress manifests itself in the physical body in so many different ways, mm. and I feel like I've experienced so many different ways of stress sort of you know, kind like, of like what? showing up. Um, you know, there's like the physical tension and stuff like that in the physical body, like, you know, physical tension and tightness and, um, you know, the lack of sleep and stuff. But I think what happens is, or what's happened for me anyway, is that my body has gotten so used to um, the state of stress that it, it, it's become the new norm. Wow. And my body needed to speak louder to get my attention. So... Hmm. Life happens that way too, right? Like um, when you're not listening to these little like knocks and like these little, you know, whispers from, from life kind of redirecting you where you're supposed to be. It's like the giant cosmic two by four comes and smacks you upside the head being like, wake up, listen, I'm trying to get your attention. Mm-hmm. So my body was doing the same thing. And like I am, you know, like a healthy person, you know, I drink my green smoothies and I, mm. you know, yeah. <laughs> Tim loves those. Um, no, but, but like I am a healthy person. I take care of my physical body. That That's really important to me. But what's happening is like, I've been ignoring the the stress signs that my body's speaking louder is now causing me to like I'll go to bed at two o'clock in the morning because I'm up like with my to do list trying to like achieve and accomplish and like get myself out of this situation that just is so sucky um, <laughs> that now I'm like going to bed at two and I wake up at four and my brain is going crazy and then all of a sudden my body feels really like just like I don't even know and I and I end up getting sick and like this has just happened over the last couple of weeks and I'm like what is going on. Mm. What was your question? Okay, hold on. This is what I want to do. No, no seriously. Hadj, you didn't know I was going to do this. I want you, can we give Hadj a mic? Let's get her on this mic here. Come on over. Come on. Yeah. So Hadj is one of our interns. And uh, if you've seen any social media stuff, it's, you know, a lot of it's from her. Oh, I was going to put that right up into your face. Thank okay. you. Um, Hadj, you're in the middle of exams. Mm-hmm. True story? Yes. Okay. Um... Are you a stress head? Definitely. Right into the mic. Yes. yes? Definitely. 100%. Okay. Um, how has stress manifest manifested in you? Acne. Okay. <laughs> so much acne. Okay. I don't know if you can see with the lighting here, but like, I think it was in grade 11. I had this one um, English teacher who stressed me out so much that it literally started my acne. It's not hormonal. It's all like stress induced. Okay. And then... Um, as time went on, it just kind of continued, even though, even if I wasn't at a, like a stressful period of time in my life, it would still continue okay. just because it was already like, it already started. So it's just not going to stop. And yeah. it's uh, it kind of breaking out right now because um, a little bit of stress. Because made you come on and, and talk. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I can feel one kind of emerging. Oh, ew. <laughs> Wonderful, right? Okay, all right. Um, can we, first of all, uh, just give me a sign whether it's okay. I should have asked you if this is okay. Can we continue with <laughs> yes, this a little bit? Yes, that's fine. No, because you guys have very similar stress things happening going on. Different <laughs> different reasons for the stress, but the way it's manifesting. And you're both stress heads, okay? Yeah. Even eczema, right? That's a true right. thing. This stuff, you know, eczema comes yeah. out in people who are who are stressed. What have you tried to de- de-stress yourself? How have you tried to just breathe? A lot of tea. <laughs> um, uh, honestly, when it comes to stress, the only thing that can de-stress me is just being with people that I don't feel stressed around. Okay. So, like, I've got 
a couple of like very key people in my life that I'm always like with or like I'll call or I'll FaceTime or something like that yeah. and they'll really help me relax. Like one of those really key like key people like one of them is my friend Zena who I've known literally since I was born. And I'm sorry, then, did you say Zena? Zena, yes. The princess warrior? Please. <laughs> um, and then another was um, my friend Julie who I actually met like um, in high school Okay. and she's also one of the people that really so hanging me. out with people that you care about and you know care they care about you and you know there's no expectations yeah. or you know judgment and all that kind of stuff yeah. it really helps exactly okay have you done anything intentional like I don't know meditation or breathing or sound mm. waves or aromatherapy aromatherapy um, or yoga I don't know anything I've tried a variety of things, um, some which have worked, some which have not. I've not tried aromatherapy or anything like that. Okay. Um, I've tried meditation. That one doesn't really work. Why? At least maybe I'm not doing it right. Um, <laughs> I love that. But it's so good. <laughs> might not, I might not be doing it right, but I find that like when I'm sitting there trying to think about nothing, all I can think about is what I'm stressed about. Exactly. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> Whenever I try to not think about nothing, I think about everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Lindsay, you Kind of. The yoga teacher in me just wants to be like, well, you know, there's as many ways to meditate as there are people in this world, and you know, <laughs> yeah, gonna find exactly. a, you know, a style or like a technique that works for you. And I, I caught myself from interrupting because um, <laughs> the yoga teacher in me wants to to tell you what I know conceptually. Yeah, go for but it. But because I am not practicing it, I feel like I have I'm in no position to be sharing this. <laughs> and this is this is like my struggle right now is like. Who I am at the front of the room right now in the studio when I'm guiding people through classes, the reason I'm such a good yoga teacher, and I'm just going to toot my own horn. Whoop, whoop. Um, the <laughs> I'm sorry, that was your toot? That was great. Um, no, but the reason I um, you know, connect with people so well at the front of a, of a classroom is because I'm in this place of doing. Yeah, like you understand you know, where people are coming from. Uh, yeah, but I'm also I'm guiding meditation. I'm guiding people through the experience of of a yoga practice, but I'm not actually being. I'm doing. Do you know? What it, does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, so do you so feel like, like you feel like a hypocrite then? I feel like right now I'm just sort of questioning myself. It's like here I am, you know, from like my, my education, my background, and my experience of being able to guide people through these experiences for themselves. I don't know how much I've actually experienced, you know meditating right you can't see yeah. my air quotes but they're happening okay. um so it's like <sighs> so what is right meditation then whatever works for you that makes a lot of sense you that know does. so my hair is really curly and it doesn't look like it is right now because i straighten it in so my time me. in the bathroom and <laughs> both of you guys so my time in the bathroom um you know with my hair straightener like straightening my hair becomes a meditation for me. So it's like repetition. It's like yeah. doing the same thing I'm over out. and over again. <laughs> yeah, that, that technique <laughs> might not work for you, yeah. Drew. <laughs> but um, do you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that's one way. Maybe walking in nature. I know, Drew, you take Tucker out and you just being in the woods, yeah. you know, walking with your dog, that becomes a meditation. Anything that's done mindfully is a meditation practice. So it's about the yeah. intentionality behind it or the mindfulness The mindfulness, about it. yeah. It's the worst like, thing about meditation is it takes so much time and that's the thing we don't seem to have. That's uh, the irony of it. Yeah. This is the struggle. Like for yeah. me, I'm a doer. So doing nothing is like, oh my gosh, but I could be doing this, this, and this and all the time that I'm meditating. And it's just like I found that for me, I needed to find something that was like an active meditation, a moving meditation. Mm -hmm. So for me, straightening my hair, there's movement involved with that. Uh -huh. And I'm getting else, something else done at the same time. Yeah, um, you know, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that. Such an achievement. That makes Such a lot of sense I know. to me. Because yeah. I've only ever tried this, the, you know, typical, like, sit down with your legs 
crossed. But that doesn't fingers. work for anybody. No, it I mean, definitely not everybody. Not for hold me. on, hold on. Oh, yeah. you say it doesn't work for everybody. It doesn't work for right. everybody, yeah. right? Like sitting, you know, cross-legged. If you oh. have any physical, um, you know, yeah, <laughs> does not work <laughs> for me. At least. Is that helping? You just want to smack me. Smack me? Which is like a smack, smack at a slap. Come back. Don't make me smack you. No, but sitting cross-legged, if your physical body is uncomfortable because you don't move your physical body, That's sitting me. cross-legged with your knees, your hips, your back, it's all going to be uncomfortable. And if you're uncomfortable, you're not going to be able to meditate. Yeah, but that's the whole point you know? of, the, of yoga is pushing past the uncomfortable. I, we just talked to a guy last night who did uh, – I don't know, 13-day Vipassana thing where he was like didn't talk to people. 20-day okay, Vipassana meditation. Okay. And, 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 but he was like – my question to him was how do you sit there without back support for hours? He said this is the first time I've actually been able to push through it and get on the other side. I can't sit. Yeah. Did you see the way he was glowing yesterday? Like his eyes were brighter, his face was brighter, and you know this man. Like I don't think I've ever really seen him smile before, and he was coming in smiling. Yeah. And so this is what I'm talking about: the sweetness on the other side. You know, on the other side of pushing through the discomfort, the the struggle, the. Okay, um, I want to do a little um, mentoring thing here. Okay, you're the older <laughs> woman. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, Lindsay, you're well, the older Drew, you're woman. You're on the floor oh, meditating. Yeah, yeah. Smack whoa, whoa, whoa. I've um, never been referred to as an older and, woman. And Hedge, Hedge, <laughs> you're the young girl. All right. Okay. Well, how old are you, by the way? Nineteen. Okay. No, 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 nineteen. 19. So, nineteen and fifty-three here. <laughs> oh my God! You do oh, not look oh. fifty-three. I promise. I look really good for my age. Oh, yeah. great! Okay, can I we get past this for a second? <laughs> so, I want to step back a little bit, and you. Th- the reason I, w- I wanted this to happen is because Lindsay is also. I don't know if you've experienced this, but Lindsay, part of Lindsay's story um, is about rejection and dealing with the mean girls at school. Okay. And that is translated into her not trusting people, especially women. Okay. Did I just say too much? Are you okay with that? No. Yeah, you're right. It's good. Okay. So there's social pressures that you're dealing with. I don't know if you've ever had any mean, mean girl experiences. I don't know where your stress is coming from. I don't know if you're an achiever. I don't know. All I know is you are physically manifesting stress, mm-hmm. and it's it's not good. I mean, no. it's not good. So <laughs> I want to say to the older woman, Okay, this needs to what stop do you, right What now. do you say to her other than, hey, do whatever you want, whatever works for you? Guide her into something. Let's say she comes to one of your classes. Let's say she's paying you to help her de-stress. What are you going to say to her? You're right there. Live mics on the air. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah, I know. I know. But I know her. I'm backing up. <laughs> so what am I going to say to you? If you come in and you're asking me about, you're saying that you're feeling really stressed and, you know, what do I do? Yeah. I'm just trying to think of myself at 19, and um, myself at 19, I had no idea who I was, and I was trying so hard to, I think, fit in with other people, and I think that added to my stress. How can you relate to her? Oh, God, I can relate to her in so many levels, um, but I, I feel like, like I don't want to say to her that this doesn't go away. <laughs> exactly. There's, there's a part. Okay, so exactly. you know what? Actually, that's it. So yeah. so this doesn't go away. Like, I struggle with, like, mean girl stuff. I struggle with stress. I'm a yoga teacher, and I'm an older woman, um, <laughs> you know, with all this experience, and it doesn't go away. So there are always going to be, like, stresses that come at you, and I think that um, 
standing your ground, like feeling your feet on the earth and being able to stand in the middle of that chaos and the discomfort and just knowing that on the other side of it is something something bigger. So when I was about like, I don't know, when I was in school, like you, going through exams, I thought it was the most stressful time of my yeah. life. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm working part-time and I've got all this homework and I just have no free time. This is crazy. And I thought I would never be as stressed as I was when I was in school. It gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so, yeah. So it's like, you know, and then that stress and that experience that I had um, prepared me for dealing with this stress and this experience that I have now. And mm-hmm. this one's going to prepare me for whatever is next. So the stresses don't go away. They're always going to be coming at you. But if you can find the tools that work for you and, and you can see the lessons in the stressful moments and situations, um, you're going to be able to use that to take yourself forward into whatever is next for you. So I'm, I'm saying this right now. This happens to be one of the most stressful times of my life right now. Like I'm in the studio. Mm-hmm. It's Saturday, the only day off. And I was like, oh, my gosh, now I have to come on this radio show. And <laughs> happy to be here. Happy to be here. But um, <laughs> That's the older woman talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but every stressful um, situation that I've ever been in or time of my life has um, prepared me for, for where I am now to deal with, with this. And I've learned a lot of tools. Like I know what – doesn't mean I necessarily practice them all the time, but I know what I need to do in order to get myself grounded. I know when I need to take care of myself, when I need to reach out to a friend, or when I need to be alone. And I think that um, like this body that you live in right now is going to be your home for the rest of your life. You know, and it is important to take care of that. Yeah. So putting yourself first and making sure that you're taking care of yourself, it's just the most important thing that you can do. And I'll encourage you to reach out to have guided meditation. Sitting down, closing your eyes and being like, oh, it's not going <laughs> to necessarily get you there. But sometimes, you know, being guided by somebody else um, into that state of relaxation. There's lots of podcasts and, you know, online things that you can do too. And just explore different techniques that, that work for you. When you find the one that does, then then use it. Ladies and gentlemen, Lindsay Vanderhart. Yes. Oh, Lindsay Vanderhart. Stop it. But well, I think, you know, great. you know, Hodge said that, you know, she finds de-stressing when she's with those friends. So choosing to be with them, I guess, is a mindful act in and of itself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And being able to recognize, OK, I'm in this place right now. And what really has worked for me in the past is reaching out to, you know, Zena, the warrior princess and like <laughs> going and, and talking to her. If you know that that makes you feel you know better, kind of gives you like that. that release right. But what happens if Zena isn't there? Right. What happens mm-hmm. if you can't get a hold of who like when you're dependent on someone else for your stress reduction? Mm-hmm. Then what happens when they fail you? What happens when they're just physically can't be there for you or audibly or on the phone or whatever? You still got to find something inside of you. I do have other like methods. That's just the one that happens to work the best. Okay. So like other methods is literally just sitting in my room with all the lights off and a cup of tea and just watching Netflix. That's literally it. And that helps. Like I do that every single night before I go to bed so I don't go to bed stressed. Right. Because if I go to bed stressed, I'm going to wake up stressed. And okay. nobody wants that. No. So Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, nobody's got time for that when you've got a million things to do. So Look at look at Lindsay. She's busting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> go for it. Well, you Come know what is, what I heard you say was that like um, when you feel stressed, you escape mm-hmm. by going into like Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've caught myself doing that in the past. Like, you know, 
Oh, you're 19. You'll, you might get it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounded condescending. No, no, the woman. From, oh my gosh. Okay. Um, no, but I've caught myself, you know, coming home from you know work and you know having a glass of wine and just being like, ah, like wine was like my way of relaxing, or mm-hmm. um, you know, using different ways to escape feeling the the feelings of stress and overwhelm. Yeah. When I, I think it's really important actually to be with those feelings. You know, and to, to really experience them fully. What does that mean? Practically, what does that mean, being being with your feelings, expressing them fully? Does it mean, like, um, punching a mattress, no, it means No, it means riding the wave. It means feeling everything there is to feel in that moment. It's like, okay, um, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, like, being able to close your eyes and say, okay, where is the stress living in my body? And then, like, pay attention to, am I feeling it in my stomach? Am I feeling tension in my shoulders? Am I feeling like I'm going to throw up? You know, um, you know. okay, so then what does that feel like? What is the, the underlying fear here? Like, where, what, what are the feelings and thoughts that are around the moment? But actually being in it and giving yourself permission to feel, like, the stress fully. Does that uh, make sense yeah, to you? Yeah, I've never thought about it that way. And then riding the waves, you're not going to stay there forever. But, it, like, what can you learn from that experience of, like, and I'm going to share this, and I'm almost like embarrassed to share this, but I, I think I had last week, last Thursday, um, I'm not sure if it's like a, a panic attack or an anxiety attack. Like, I don't know what that was, but it was brand new for me. And I just, you know that dramatic thing that, that teenage girls do? Like, I just can't. <laughs> I just can't. So me. So that's, yeah. that's what I felt like. I just felt, I felt like I just can't. And I remember just bawling my eyes out. I couldn't catch my breath. And all the tools that I know I couldn't, I couldn't even go there. Like, I just wasn't in that space. And, like, riding that out, I learned so much from that experience mm-hmm. of, like, letting myself go there and being okay with it and now being able to, like, talk about it and, and share about having that experience. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important just to, to feel whatever comes up for you. Um, That's really well said. And then you can yeah. recognize it when it's about to come again. We are living in a world, uh, I would say, that is... It's a world of various medications. We all medicate ourselves in a variety of ways, whether it's sex or chocolate or booze or smokes or pot or yoga or or uh, podcasts, exercising, chocolate. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) we said that twice, did we? Yeah. Okay. Um, And so, what I'm really hearing Lindsay say loud and clear is, ride it, observe it, be aware, see it for what it is, knowing that. That there is a this too shall pass. It's not going to disappear, and you, it's not like you're never going to deal with this kind of stuff again. But the, the, um, it, it is like the tides of the ocean. Things come in, and things go out, and things come in, and things go out. And I don't think it's as scary when, you, when you've experienced it before, and you were with it before, and you know that you came out on the other side okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that when that, those feelings come again, it's like... Oh, yeah, I remember you. Yeah. This is going to be <laughs> yeah. about five, ten minutes of this. Okay, I know. it. And then, then you can give yourself permission just to, to be in it, knowing that it's not going to be forever. Because in those moments, those panicky moments, it's like, mm. this is never going to end. I'm going to be here forever. And <laughs> There's an expression in improv that it, it's really speaking a lot to me these days in my life and in the actual art of improv, but follow the fear. Mm. The idea of walking towards the fear it, it, yeah. it, and then you can you can beat it, you can embrace it, and, and it's the sweetness, whatever you want to call, or the laugh in improv. It's like the but, Joseph Campbell um, quote: "Like the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek." Yes, 
Yeah. Yes. Follow the fear, my friend. Did you hear that? Yeah. She drops this stuff all the time. Yes. That's great. Because she reads. All she needs is like old man skin, long white hair. And well, she beard. is an older woman, so she's halfway <laughs> there, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, Thanks, Tim. <laughs> let, me, let me just finish um, this with this. This is a spiritual show. We talk about spiritual things. And within the context of dealing with stress, I can hear the Christians saying to you, lean into God. Mm-hmm. There is something about a peace that surpasses all understanding. In other words, there's an unknowable peace that, that comes when you are leaning into your creator. I, Hadj, I don't, I don't care what you believe. I really don't. <laughs> And and whether you believe or not, I don't know. I don't care. What I'm saying is, though, it's amazing how we try absolutely everything else, and then we try religion, and then we try (laughs) some kind of belief system, and then we kind of lean into some code of understanding. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-oh, what's happening here? It's also a question of surrender. Lindsay's getting booky. I don't think it's just leaning into something. It's surrendering sometimes. Well said. No, that's better. You know, like Alcoholics Anonymous is the idea of surrendering to something that's bigger than you because guess what? It is. So you've never heard me say this. Tim, this is going to blow your brains apart. Lindsay, you may never come back again. I would encourage you to do something I'm not even sure I would do. Okay. (laughs) If the the Jesus is real, call out to him. I know you... Maybe from your maybe if your family's listening, that's not a kosher thing to do. <laughs> but but if if that doesn't, I don't know. Then call surrender to something that is bigger than you. Mm-hmm. How's that? Sounds like what my mom told me a couple of days ago. Really? Yeah, because I am I'm Muslim. Yeah. So there's a lot of like like you know like surrender yourself. Sure. You know and. I guess recently I have been having more trouble with that. So this is weird. Interesting. Because <laughs> now you're saying it. My mom said it literally. It's what all old people yeah. say. Yeah. Sometimes right, Lindsay? Serendipity. <laughs> Hedge, I don't want to have you stand up anymore and feel so <laughs> totally under the uh, light. Microscope? That's the word. Anyway, Either works. Can I honestly thank you for not only being one of our interns, but for just opening up a little bit like that. And I threw it on. You had no idea this was coming, but I knew this segment was going to impact you. Leanne, I'm hoping this impacts you as well, uh, but it was just confusing to have two people on the mic. So <laughs> look at her. She's hiding under her hat. I love Leanne. Is she not the cutest little button? Auntie Joey yeah, will help is. her. Okay, um, Lindsay, I can always tell when you have to express something because your body explodes. <laughs> and she grabs a book or a phone and she or a computer or... this dancey wave thing. I do this wavy hand thing when I've got something to say. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I've got something really good that I found in the Wisdom of the Enneagram book last night that I wanted to read. I feel like this would kind of close things up. Okay. Okay. Do it. And it's kind of like gaudy, which is like... Whoa. I know, right? Gaudy. Okay. So if we were to really observe ourselves, we would become aware of our tensions and habits. If we were to become aware of our tensions and habits, we would let go and relax. If we were to let go and relax, we would be aware of sensations. If we were to be aware of sensations, we would receive impressions. If we were to receive impressions, we would awaken to the moment. If we were to awaken to the moment, we would experience reality. If we were to experience reality, we would see that we are not our personality. If we were to see that we are not our personality, we would remember ourselves. If we were to remember ourselves, we would let go of our fear and attachments. 
If we were to let go of our fear and attachments, we would be touched by God. If we were touched by God, we would seek union with God. If we were to seek union with God, we would will what God wills. If we were to will what God wills, we would be transformed. If we were transformed, the world would be transformed. If the world were transformed, all would return to God. Are you kidding me? Mic drop. Except these mics don't drop. They're just like stuck there. Yeah. That hanging. one does. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, that was pretty. Right? Huh. Lindsay so... out. Old wise woman out. Out. I'm out. <laughs> Uh, that was from The Wisdom of the Enneagram, The Complete Guide to Psychological and Spiritual Growth for the Nine Personality Types by Don Richard Riso and Russ Hudson. We had Russ on the show uh, about a month or so ago, and uh, this is fascinating stuff. Everybody needs to get this book. It's the best $12 you will ever spend. I thought it was more than that. 12 bucks. Did really? They charge you more. No, no, no. The book is more, but yeah. the $12. Oh, for the test. For the test, and then they send you only the chapter on you, and everyone's really only interested in themselves anyway. Yes, true so. story. True story. Yeah. Um, just while Tim plays our mood music as we go mood out, music. you and I both didn't know how that segment was going to go, and that segment went exactly the way it needed to go. Did you guys plan this? No. No, I had no idea what I was doing when I came in here. No. Okay. Yeah. Follow the fear. Yeah. There you go. That's what we did. That's what we did. Um, a special thanks to Lindsay Vandenherk for finishing our show with such a great big punch. If you missed any of today's show, you can go to our website by the end of the week. Follow us on uh, on all the social media stuff, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, what's the other one? Instagram. Instagram. What? What's that, Lindsay? I said they should follow me, too. Right. Lindsay likes followers. She is a cult yoga leader, so she likes oh, stop followers. stop it. She offers free Kool-Aid at every event. Um, <laughs> LindsayVanderdurk.com. Go to her stuff and buy her things. Oh, she's doing a retreat in Costa Rica. Yes. Coming up soon. Are we out of time, Tim? Yes, we are. Costa May 20th Rica. to 27th. There you go. Puerto Rico, All right. Costa Rica. That's it. <laughs> hey, thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye.